Hi. <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween. Ooh. Um. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. Ooh. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would say we're, we're pretty spooky right now, right? Yeah. And um, one would, I mean, you consider me a friend, right, Kira? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, one would one would say we're spooky buddies. Wow. Um, Sean is punching them all right now. Just <laughs> to cover spooky buddies. Sean, so this is this is just for you, buddy. Um, this is the closest we'll ever get to acknowledging spooky buddies on the pod, um, or like talking about it. Uh, so we are a little late to starting spooky uh, month, uh, Spooktober. Uh, Thanks to uh, inclement weather. <laughs> Thanks to, um, well, three, many things. Um, my AC going out, hurricanes, uh, me twisting my ankle, my birthday. Oh, not again. Yeah, I know. What is it with me twisting my ankle during my birthday? Who knows? Um, uh, or like around my birthday. But yeah, um, so many factors as to why I could not record last week. Mm. Mostly the hurricane, though. Mostly the yeah. hurricane. Uh, um, we got the tail end of it up here like the day after I got my booster shot Mm -hmm. so I was literally laying on my couch like watching Bly Manor like literally hallucinating just like staring Mm -hmm. at my window and watching like the lightning strike like right outside my window and my entire house was shaking Kira's a Hurricane Ian uh she's a Hurricane Ian last responder um, True. <laughs> she's making sure that uh, everything's okay from the ground. Um, Last response. <laughs> so funny. I think that um the nine eleven like... last responder tweet is like my favorite tweet of all time. I've never seen that in my life. It's uh I I'm not gonna do it justice by reading it out loud, but I'll uh it, the tweet just says I'm a nine eleven last responder. I just got to the scene and it seems like it's taken care of. Oh my god. I, I... <laughs> wow. Um, so the term last responder is forever engraved in my head now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, 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 we were talking a lot about what movies to cover over, uh, let's just call it Spooktober. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, over Spooktober this month. And, um, I, I will say since we're not covering it, I guess we can reveal it. Um, we might cover it in future years. Who knows? Uh, this is my new Cinderella story. Uh, <laughs> there has to be one. Uh, Fun Size with Victoria Justice. A movie that Kira has not seen. My... <laughs> um, Fun Size with Victoria Justice. <laughs> um, I've, I saw it when it came out. And I don't... It's funny. I remember it pretty vividly. But I don't remember how I feel about it. I remember pretty, pretty like I had. I feel like, like that's most movies we cover on the pod. No, I have pretty decent like memories with like a lot of stuff we covered, but like I don't. I think even when it came out, I didn't have much of a um, much of an opinion on it because it just kind of felt like it wasn't. It wasn't like too childish, but it wasn't funny enough to like appeal to me as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like. Okay, like whatever. Is on this it. a fun size episode now? I, that's a that's the secret. Uh, we're actually covering <laughs> the fun size. Um, oh no, I should have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it begins with the Nickelodeon logo, right? 
Um, and then <laughs> goes to the Paramount logo. Uh, but it does that crazy thing where the Nickelodeon logo bounces like a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it splats. So you know you're in for a wacky time. That's epic. Um, no, we're, we're, we're covering, if you, didn't, if you can't read and you're assistant is if you're leah michelle and you don't know what you're jonathan groff isn't there to narrate yeah. to you um we're, we're covering paranorman this week on the pod mm-hmm. um also a movie uh, from 2012 uh, around the zillennial cusp um a movie that came out when i was let me see what came out in what september of 2012 no august so i was 14 mm-hmm. when i saw this movie um kira we were talking about it before but you don't remember (laughs) if you've seen this correct so the thing is i think it was kind of one of the movies where my little brother watched it and i kind of like stood in the doorway because i remembered so much of this movie but i don't remember ever watching it it was also like very heavily marketed back in the day so like i feel like you maybe saw a lot of it like through trailers and commercials probably um but one thing that i do remember is i think it might have been one of the last movies my family got from blockbuster but that might be too late i don't know maybe i'm mixing up memories because i know that i got Coraline from blockbuster and i got in trouble for renting that from blockbuster (laughs) i yeah I might be getting my memories mixed up, but I think this is one of the last movies my family got from Blockbuster. Yeah, I um. Will that timeline check out? That I think so. I mean, I I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure this one went on Blu-ray in like what November, probably December. So I mean, that kind. I mean, my Blockbuster's closed way sooner than that, but I could see yours like staying open. Um that uh, a little bit longer so that makes sense um but a little off topic you know what we did uh when our internet was out during the hurricane um via uh shout out to t-mobile tuesdays for giving out sweet discounts um they gave us a free red box rental and we actually we rented a red box for the first time in like 10 years last week um victoria Uh, my girlfriend's never seen uh the first tom holland spider-man movie wow so she she chose that as her because we had two codes and I mm-hmm. uh, she got that because she's been meaning to watch it. What'd you get? Because uh, she's only seen No Way Home, so she wanted to watch it. Um, and I got Halloween 2018 because nice. I wanted to watch it before uh, Halloween ends this week. Yeah, I saw her post that. Um, she was very much not happy with me about Halloween kills. <laughs> she did not like. She did not have your time with that. It's movie. very mid. <laughs> I um, enjoyed myself though. It's not even, like, she didn't even really care about the quality. Like, she thought it was, like, way too, like... Like, she was, like, being very squirmy about it. And honestly, it is... It's gnarly. Like, it's a very, like... It's... I kind of forgot how hard it goes with the gore in that one. Because the first one, or or the 2018 one, I should say, is kind of low-key. Like, it's not... I love that, like, montage at the end where it's just him, like, ripping people apart in slow motion. Oh, my God, it's it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, Victoria was, like, literally... I don't know if she wants me to tell this on the pod, but she was not having a good time. Um, she was not. She 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 was like calling me a bad boyfriend. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, but it's okay. We're to make up for it. I am still making her see the third one uh, in Dolby nice. Cinema. Um, yeah. so. So speaking of Halloween, I told you that I had a really funny story to tell on the pod. 
Um, I don't know if this has to do with anything, but I went to see Trick or Treat for the first time in theaters. Sean and I were trying to figure out if it's Zillennial. I don't think it is. Like, it has all the tropes um, of a Zillennial movie. I I but... mean, I think it's all a matter of perspective because it's just a matter of whether or not... I guess, nostalgia. like, for you... Yeah, like, you don't have any nostalgia for it because you never saw it. Um, yeah. I do kind of. I mean, I saw it back in, like, 2009, 2010. I know it came out, like, in 08 but, or mm-hmm. 07 or something. But Seven, yeah. Yeah, I saw it, like, two or three years after it was out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like that the was... nostalgia came, like gradually yeah. over time so it doesn't really feel yeah. like a moment for zillennials that's a movie i'm pretty sure not the very first but it's one of the first movies i got from a red box wow uh, back in the day um that's and a I re- red box movie not like as a um i know what you mean like yeah. not derogatory not the quality of it like... <laughs> non-derogatory red box movie <laughs> no there's one of the, the i'm pretty sure this is at least my first memory uh, of a red box movie is uh mm-hmm. tropic thunder which is a red box ass movie it's yeah. hilarious but it's also super red box um, uh, i have a secret what i've never seen that movie um it's probably not aged the best but it's yeah, i think it's, it's it's pretty funny though um i'll see so you someday cancel me liberals um anyways <laughs> um but I, yeah <laughs> so i went to see trick-or-treat um because they re-released it in regal theaters um Mm -hmm. i think it's coming to some amcs like later i don't know but it was my first time seeing it always wanted to see it because i think that little guy is so cute and i love him so much um so sean and i were the only people in the theater we kept checking like it that we we were like okay we're still the only people in the theater we're still the only people so we like got popcorn and we really like because we're, like, still, like, wearing masks and stuff to the movies. We, like, got popcorn, and we're, like, cool, feast. And then we're going up to the concession stand to, like, order our popcorn, and there's, like, it's completely empty. The movie theater is just completely empty, because it's, like, an afternoon movie, like, the second week that they're playing it or something, whatever. So there's an old lady in front of us talking to the kid at the concession stand, and it's, like, concession stand slash box office and she's like i've seen every movie what's trick-or-treat mm-hmm. and sean and i are like every movie <laughs> like she's seen every movie so her last resort is trick-or-treat and we're like thinking about it we're like some of these movies literally came out like yesterday like she's seen like amsterdam and stuff already like so the kid is like um like a horror movie like i don't know so she buys a ticket to trick or treat and then she's just like staring up at the concession stand and like won't move and like me and sean are like making eye contact with like the movie theater employees and we're like we don't know if we should like step forward like if the lady still needs help or whatever and she's like do you sell frankfurters here (laughs) and the kid is like um uh we're just like trying to figure out if we should like walk up (laughs) so he's finally like yeah come on because there's like a lady behind us now in line and so we like go and we order and then we go and sit down and we're like directly in the center of the theater like only two in there then the lady walks in she's just like sitting in the third row by herself and like watches trick-or-treat and i just feel like it really stuck with me just like i've seen every movie Mm -hmm. um because it's like every movie ever or 
<laughs> I've seen every movie. And she went back up to like the box office like after the movie ended. So I'm like genuinely curious if she's just like seeing every single thing. I as someone that used to work in a movie theater, um yeah, there are old people that are just regulars that see every fucking movie. Um Honestly, can confirm. Um and that's how I, I want to know what she thought of Trick or Treat. What's her letterbox? Um, I know. That's literally what's her letterbox. <laughs> Did she like Amsterdam? I, right. Did anyone um, like Amsterdam? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going on, I think I'm going what, tomorrow? Today's Monday. Oh, no, we're going Wednesday in Dolby. I, uh, this is not, uh, by the way, me saying I'm seeing it is not a David O. Russell endorsement. I fuck him. Uh, this is merely an escape to get out of my hot Florida house. <laughs> uh, so I want to clarify that very quickly. Did you see uh, the Taylor Swift scene? I, yeah, on, on TikTok like 80 times, and it's it makes me laugh every time. And I'm sure in Dolby it'll be even funnier. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's so it's so extra. Like it's so much. I, I know they really showed like. <laughs> oh God, I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that, that like I don't know wants to see it, but yeah. for um, any millennial listeners that want to see Amsterdam. <laughs> If you haven't seen it already, it's like there's there's no like Well it's funny, I haven't even seen the movie and I I've seen the scene. Um because yeah. it's all over the internet. Um the most mid movie I've ever seen. I bet. It's like and... it's like good, but like I don't care, you know. Yeah. I um like I... like fifteen minutes into it, I was just like, I'm done trying to understand what's going on. And it's not even that hard to understand what's going on. However, I will see I will say Mike Myers was not just a cameo, and he was in the entire movie, and that I did appreciate. But good for Mike Myers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I. <laughs> Other than that, I was just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of hate the trailer, so I, I am celebrating that I never have to see it again, because that is the most overplayed song in like trailer history, I think. Um, yeah. The song that plays in that trailer. Yeah. Where it's um, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah that's the title of it yeah um I, I i hate yeah i hate that trailer so much um and i will say there are multiple um points in the movie where they actually do look into the camera and say amsterdam i'm gonna kill myself <laughs> i um i do, i'm gonna cancel my reservation i swear to god i am i <laughs> i'm already seeing halloween this week i i can live with not seeing it yeah. uh anyways Speaking of AMC, the first time I saw Paranorman mm-hmm. was at an AMC theater. Good segue. Yeah. Um, I, uh, 15 minutes into the episode, we talked <laughs> about the movie that we're discussing this week. Um, well, I, because I remember this was coming out and it had a lot of, um, not so much like, not buzz in the sense that like general moviegoers were like super into it. Because I remember, it, it, I wouldn't say it bombed at the box office, but it, it didn't do, like, great or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at, I mean, it, okay, I mean, it had um, a budget of $60 million and it made $107 million. Mm-hmm. So that's not too bad. Um, not terrible. Um, and then I think it did pretty good at home, too. But, um, but yeah, I remember I saw it, like, this Saturday it came out. Um, and I went, I'm pretty sure I saw it alone. It, it was one of those movies, uh, this was like a little bit after I moved, uh, in across the street from an AMC. I used to live literally across the street from an AMC theater. Oh, that's uh, epic. 
yeah, I lived in an apartment complex uh, beside a mall. And if I crossed the street, um, like good boys. Yeah, literally like good boys. Like if you uh, ran into traffic, you could get I mean, to an AMC theater. Don't get me wrong; it's a pretty busy street, and you have to like use crosswalks and shit, uh, and like you have to like you know press the button to stop traffic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if I crossed the street and I did a little walk, maybe like half a mile, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of around the giant ass parking lot. Uh, yeah, I was, I was by an AMC. Um, so I went to the movies very frequently as a teenager obviously and uh this is one of those not one of the first i did when i first moved in but i moved in in 2012 so this was like one of those movies um because back in like when i was like in middle school or like i couldn't go to movies alone because the closest movie theater to me was like kind of a hike mm-hmm. to get to and my mom like if you know she's not gonna go drop me off at that point she's gonna see the movie with me if she's gonna drive all the way to the theater um, but like living at an AMC was nice and it gave me the luxury, so to speak, about, um, going to the movies alone, which is a joy I discovered, uh, as a teenager and, uh, Paranorman, well, definitely not the first movie I saw alone. It's like, it's up there. Like it, it's one of the first that I distinctly remember just going to see by myself at like a matinee on a Saturday. Yeah. There were, I, I can't tell you how many people were in the theater, but I remember there were like a few kids here and there, but it was really quiet in the theater, I remember. And I remember just being really delighted by it um, the first time I saw it. I remember being pretty moved by just the whole experience. I, like, I, I don't know really how to describe it. Like it, And I still feel the same way now upon rewatch, where it's just... It's not like super emotional. It's not like it's like a tearjerker or anything, but like both from like the craft perspective and like how beautiful it looks and how like much detail there is and everything. Mm-hmm. Also, just like how earnest it is and mm-hmm. like um, sweet and very sincere. And I, it's just like Coraline in that way where it, yeah. um, it, it finds that middle ground of being a little bit bleak, but also being hopeful and it, I, I don't know it's just, it's really really fucking good um, yeah I was getting a little uh, emo at the scene when he's like walking around town and like saying hi to all the ghosts it's so good like personally I as a um, Flana fan I feel like we bring him up every single fucking episode. Song. Hey, he's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of the pod, Mike Flanny. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, the concept of ghosts being your friends rather than a threat is something that I love and something that I wish was in more, like, kids' media. Yeah. Like, the reveal that he's just, like, hanging out with his dead grandma is, like, weirdly wholesome to me. It's such a good reveal in the movie because um, when she first appears in frame, you, you have no indication that she's a ghost. Yeah. And she tells him to like uh, ask the dad to like lower the temp or uh, raise the temp in the room. And you know he goes back to the living or to the kitchen and is like, "Grandma wants to raise the temp," and they all like freak the fuck out and they're like, "You're talking to grandma!" Like it's <laughs> such a good like moment because yeah. I remember in the theater I was like, "Oh." Like, she's dead. Um, like, it worked on me. Um, yeah, I love that scene where he's walking through town and then, like, it, when it pans back up and you see all the ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. I like the little attention to detail about, um, like, the. I mean, it's sad, but it's, like, just very attentive. Like, the bird with, like, the uh, the plastic wrap around its neck and, like, yeah. 
Like, I don't know. There's, like, so many weird details of, like, the characters and how they died. It's, like, a great score, too, during that scene. Like, the whole movie has a really yeah. good score. It, like, it feels like yeah. a real movie. <laughs> like Yeah, no, completely. I hate to, like, I, I don't mean to sound, like, condescending or anything, but I think Leica movies, like, they treat their audience, like, not stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. No, 100%. It's hard to explain. No, like, yeah. I mean, they have a... They they very much respect their audience. Like, that's... Like, they, it's aimed towards children, but they treat the audience like they are... Like, what, like here is a movie. It's just aimed towards and appropriate for children. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like... Yeah. Nothing is, like, dumbed down or, like, condescending or anything. No, like, literally. Like, even the, um, quote-unquote, like, immature jokes... Uh, are like they feel very in tone to the film. It doesn't feel like because sometimes you want like watch a Disney or DreamWorks movie and you can tell there's like the mandatory poop joke that like came from the high ups. They're like, yeah, it's great, but I think the boss baby needs to shit his pants one more time. <laughs> but um, uh, but you can it doesn't feel like that in like Paranorman or Coraline or anything. Like even like the the jokes that kids can laugh at, it doesn't feel like it comes from an executive level it feels like it was genuinely already in the script um and like hey you know like poop jokes fart jokes like like body humor with like zombies and stuff there's like a lot of toilet humor in this movie and it kind of like works because the movie is kind of inherently gross because it deals with like so many like i don't know like like zombies and ghosts and ghouls and the town itself is very like unflattering you know it's like a very common midwestern town uh, like full maryland. Of maryland right okay i gotta remember um it's just like small towns are yeah you know. like it has a vibe already so like it fit, the humor fits you know what i mean um, um yeah yeah i also like that it kind of like um is like a really realistic and dare i say chilling portrayal of mob mentality <laughs> halloween uh kills can never literally <laughs> uh no it's watching this back to back with halloween kills was kind of a choice for me yeah um no this movie not to i guess not to fucking jump right into it but like yeah the message about like mob mentality and like how acceptance acceptance but like also ignorance is like something that is so deeply bred in community mm-hmm. and family and how it really just takes a younger generation of like-minded kids to like break that chain is really potent like it's really 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 beautiful and i think it's such a good idea to like um like even just like the imagery of like you know, because, like, the movie was very heavily marketed as, like, just, like, a throwback to campy, like, zombie movies, like, Dawn of the Dead or something. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, it's, like, great, like, that scene where, um, you know, the, the townspeople are, like, attacking the zombies. And the zombies have to go take shelter in the shop. And, and, and then, like, the people, they figuratively, uh, you know, they, they turn into zombies themselves out of pure hate for something they don't mm-hmm. understand. And it's just, like, it, it's really good. And I think even, I mean, I saw this when I was 14, and I think I got, I got a lot of it when I was 14. But I don't know how much of it I, like, I genuinely appreciated at that age. 
Like I understood what it was going for, but I think at 2012, you know, there's so much of that as a, at least as a 14 year old, it kind of not went over my head, but I didn't have enough like life experience or insight into politics or just like social events in general to like really, I don't know. Like I understood it and I did like appreciate it to an extent, but watching this as like a 25 year old. And it feels weird to say that mm-hmm. post birthday. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it, it just hit different. That's what I'm trying to say. I guess it, as a, the older that you get, I think um, something we've come across so many times on this pod is that uh, the best metric for how good a movie is and how it stands the test of time is how much you take away from it nowadays and how uh, you maybe even get more from it as an adult than you did when you saw it as a kid. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really great. Um, So I had no idea that um, Norman, the titular Norman was Mm -hmm. actually voiced by the titular dog from power of the dog. Um, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Cody Smith McPhee, uh, which yeah. is the, the hardest name I've ever heard. The uh, dog from Power of the Dog. Um, yeah, I he. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Uh, it's. <laughs> I'll never forget how I felt uh, when I found out that there was no dog in that movie. <laughs> hey, there is. If you like, pause one frame and you really. Um. No, uh, it's like a Fantastic Mr. Fox in that way, where there's like one shot of the the wolf. Uh, oh, really? You know, in the yeah. have you you know where he fist bumps yes, in the air? Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox. <laughs> um, yeah, Cody Smith McPhee. He's um he's in that category of like weird fucking little dudes that I like seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in, I feel like Barry Keegan is like in that, you know. Oh yeah, I, mean, very... I don't know how you feel about him, but I feel that I way love... about him. Oh yeah, I am. Um, I love uh, uh, what's his name, Barry Keegan. Yeah, I just saw Banshees of Inisherin uh, last week, and he is so delightful in that movie. Oh, he of is... course he's in that. He's he is so fucking funny in that movie. He, he. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's like an Oscar-worthy performance or anything because it is solely like a comedic performance. Mm-hmm. But um, so I can't really see them going for it. I, I'd see more Brendan Gleeson getting nominated. But that being said, like, his comedic timing in that movie, like, I'd say he has the biggest laughs of the movie. Other than, I mean, Colin Farrell's pretty funny. But, like, mm. he's really fucking funny in that movie. Um, people um, are complaining about another Joker tease at the end of the Batman. And I say, uh, I mostly agree. But the idea of Barry Keegan getting to play the Joker is exciting to me. Because I want to see what that little fuck does with that. Yeah. So, uh yeah, let, let weird little dudes be the Joker, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let weird little dudes be the Joker. Hey, that's what I told Joseph Salamone, uh, and yeah. he's living his best life, so. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot how we got to this point. But um, uh, Cody. Cody Smith. Cody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, before the pod, we were talking about how good the cast is. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had to look it up because I, I could have swore as Leslie Mann when I heard the mom talk and I had to confirm uh, Jeff Garland as the yeah. dad. Incredible. Uh, um, uh, Elaine Stritch as the grandma. Incredible. Right. Um, so good. 
Anna Kendrick as the sister. Like it's there's a lot of um very like a lot of um I don't know it just it all fits. Yeah, a lot of people that were on very it's a very 2012 cast is what I'll say. Like it's very much for better or worse. It's very much a 2012 cast. I think for better, it's a good cast. It is a good cast. It, it really works, and everyone fits the role. Like, I mean, Jeff Garland really plays like that, um, uh, kind of like annoyed, uninterested dad role. Like, really, mm-hmm. at least just purely by his voice. At least yeah. he's a guy like he just has that tone to him where he. I was like, I didn't it... look up the cast until after, mm-hmm. and I was like, this guy's voice sounds so familiar. And I was like, he has that weird, like, kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, there's no way this is Seth Rogen. <laughs> and then, like, he, when he laughed, or he didn't really laugh in the movie, but I was like, he doesn't have, like, this one, like, intonation that mm-hmm. uh, Seth Rogen has, but it sounds like him. And then I was like, oh, it's Jeff Garland, literally, like... It's so recognizable once I realized that it was him. Yeah, it's um, he has a very distinct voice. He um, mm-hmm. I feel like he always plays like a dad in like everything, mm-hmm. other than Curb. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think he fits that pretty well. I mean, he Leslie Mann doesn't really have like a lot to do here. Uh, She's good at playing a mom. Yeah, I mean, she has a perfect mom voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say um, also. Also, John Goodman as the um, uh, uncle, too. I forgot about yeah. that. Um, that's really good, because uh, he plays crazy uncle really well. Mm-hmm. Um, God, but I, she was my uncle. Me too. Me too, brother. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, his heart attack scene in this movie is, like, really funny. <laughs> the, mm. <laughs> the way the soul, like, barely leaves the body, goes back in, and then he has, like, a second heart attack and then actually dies. Yeah. Um, um, apparently, they started production on this movie and immediately after Coraline came out in 2009. Oh wow! And it took three years to complete it. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of a lot of work. If I'm not mistaken, and I very well could, yeah, I am. I was gonna say the the I am I, before I even finish the sentence. I was gonna say that I think the gap was even bigger between their next movie, because I was going to say Kubo and the Two Strings with their movie after Mm -hmm. this, but I forgot the Box Trolls came out Uh. in 2014, um, which I think is their weakest movie. I don't really like the Box Trolls that much. I did not see it. It's, like, it's fine. Um, I didn't see Kubo either. Oh, Kubo's, like, maybe their best movie. Um, I've heard. It's really fucking great. Um, There's actually a um, a Leica exhibit right now at the Museum mm-hmm. of Moving Image, like where they have the Jim Henson exhibit in the city. And I really, I should go because they have like all the little like maquettes, like well, little Leica's Leica's fucking cool. Like they, yeah. they're they're really cool. Um, I even saw. I mean, I've seen all their movies. I I even I saw like Missing, Missing Link a lot. I thought that was so cute. It was very um, uh, reminiscent of, like, Indiana Jones, almost. Yeah, I like um, I had a great... That was, like, a movie I saw, like, a few weeks after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, really wanted to make it a priority to see it in theaters, because mm-hmm. I, I I, could be wrong, but I think I've seen every Leica movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I, that's just kind of a thing for me, where I don't want to miss it in theaters. Mm-hmm. 
because they always look so good in theaters. Um, even Kubo, I saw that one in 3D, I remember. And I remember, like, the depth of the 3D was so impressive. Um, it was, I don't know, it just really blew me away when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's something about, um, although I will say, Kubo might be their best film. I Every time I rewatch this one, though, I think this one just might be my favorite. Like, I'll concede that Kubo is probably their best, like, overall. I mean, I think Coraline's pretty, uh... I mean, there's no losing. Like, yeah, Cor- Coraline's great. <laughs> like, Coraline's great. Um, Missing Link's great. Again, like I said, the only one I don't... And I wouldn't even say Box Trolls is, like, bad or anything. It's just, like, I don't yeah, really remember it being... Like, I don't remember it being a very engaging movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being, like, entertained slightly because just the animation is that good. Mm-hmm. But... I remember like not really caring about the characters or like the story at all. Yeah. But maybe I should rewatch it because I feel like every like a rewatch for me is. Let's get a box troll on the pod. Um. Uh. Yeah. Let's get a box troll. It's a. I want to see Joe Rogan interview a box troll. (laughs) Hey Jamie, can you can you check that out for me? How much does a box troll weigh? And can we can, can we get him on the pod, Jamie? He's gonna smoke Kush with a box troll. Oh my god! And talk about like I don't know, um, systemic like inflation of the economy or something. I don't know. Like he's gonna be like, so Mr. Box Troll, like, what do you think about like Elon Musk? And the box troll's gonna be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, uh, I think that's what a box troll sounds like. Paranormal. Sounds like, <laughs> um, Apparently, a box like... troll sounds like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh my god, mm-hmm. Tim the Toolman oh, Taylor. Sorry, I'm done. You can you can talk about paranormal. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't know if it's just the way that I was raised, but I feel like it's a little bit bold and like awesome when they can make kids movies about like death. Like, I don't know if it's the way I'm raised. But, no, like, um, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, I, I like I, I'm, I'm just... a big thing, like, yeah. for, like, that movie's too dark. Yeah, know? I mean, there was, like, a little bit of controversy when it came out, I remember. Um, like, a, just kind of from, like, parents' groups, like, um, Common Sense Media had asses. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And not even Common for, like... Common Sense the... Media had asses. <laughs> and not even for, like, the gay reveal at the end. I mm. remember there was just, like, um... This movie has, like, a pretty um, extensive, if I'm not mistaken, it says, like, it curses quite a bit, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I think it's all... Too many for my ears. Too many for, yeah. I, I, I did write a strongly worded letter to, uh, to, like, to Mr. Laika himself. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I think it's all done in, like, pretty good taste. Like, I don't really, um... Okay. I do remember the first time I saw this movie, um... And in the opening where he's like, where the mom is like, uh, hey, Norman, what have you been doing? And he, he's like, uh, watching sex and violence. Uh, and I remember the lady behind me, I guess she was like a mom. I remember her going, oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess it kind of was a little edgy. For yeah, its... a bit edgy. I, I will um, say, though, I don't I think kids should be allowed to watch uh horror i think that that's 
very important. This is definitely a movie. Like, I don't, I don't know what age I would like draw the line at with this movie because it is a little spooky. I won't lie. Like, I can't imagine like a three or four year old watching it. They probably would have no idea what's going on. Exactly, but like, but I think like, um, maybe like eight years old. Yeah, it's a good like horror for kids. Like when we covered Monster House. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. 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 Monster Um, House and this have the same vibe, kind of. You know. Yeah, like I um, because I remember for Monster House, I was I believe I was eight when that was it 2005. Um, I I had to be like seven or eight when that came out, and that I remember that being kind of like the perfect age to see it, because like it was I understood like just enough to like understand the movie, but I was also like eight years old, so I was like very susceptible to like the easy like little spooky uh stuff like that's kind of why i loved goosebumps so much at a young age you mm-hmm. know not even just the books but those like little um the tv movies yeah uh, which i don't know about you because i know you're you were a blockbuster girl i was a hollywood video boy mm-hmm. um but at my the hollywood video yeah. two... <laughs> that's a tweet that's a that's a niche tweet but it's a tweet yeah. um that's a good one um yeah uh god damn he was uh, a he was a Hollywood video boy. She was a blockbuster girl. Can I make it any more obvious? Can I make it more? Yeah. Right. Um, Sorry, what were, you, what were you gonna say about? No, that just like this? wrecked me. That was really funny. Um, I uh, at Hollywood Video they had a uh, entire Goosebumps section, mm-hmm. um, or at least like a shelf, like a Goosebump shelf. I remember. Uh, it wasn't like a whole aisle, but like. It was, um, they had like a kids horror section at least. And that's awesome. Yeah, because I remember there was like a lot of, um, like a ton of goosebumps. Like, because they made a lot of those TV movies, um, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember they had like multiple copies of like, um, like the dumb, the one with the dummy and like, yeah. uh, Slappy. Uh, yeah. and... did I ever tell you my story about, uh, Slappy the dummy when I worked at Home Goods? I don't think so. Oh my god. Um, I don't even want to get into it. Never mind. <laughs> Patreon subscribers. Uh, I'm not even can... going to edit that out of the episode. Like, I'll leave the people wanting more. Like, I'll know that you listen to the entire episode if you, like, tweet us and are like, we want to hear the Slappy the Dummy story from when you <laughs> worked at HomeGoods. Someone is at this point in the episode, but they're just like, girl, I don't care. Like, <laughs> talk about paranoia. <laughs> Wait, you know, it's like the funniest thing ever. What? Is the dog in the Goosebumps theme song? I was just about to. I think about that all the time. He goes. <laughs> whenever I hear a dog barking, I just laugh to myself because I think about that. Like whenever, like there's just a dog barking in the distance outside. I Dude, think I've, about that all the time. I um I have thrown ass to that song, and uh, I. <laughs> Uh, and I go the hardest when the dog barks because that's the that's where the beat drops. It's a great song. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so as uh, as an adult who only got into horror in um, my adulthood, um, mm-hmm. I think that kids should have horror at an early age. That's what, what I meant by. Yeah, I mean, I think it's well, it's kind of funny because like having um, 
going back to what I was mentioning earlier about my girlfriend fucking hating me for showing her Halloween kills, uh, which, mm-hmm. and again, I will reiterate, that movie is a little more gnarly than I remembered it being, because uh, I, I forgot how badly he fucks up the fire department. Like, I, I forgot. Yeah. Like, he he, he, he kills a dude with, on a staircase. Like, he, he kills a man with stairs. Like, I don't, like, that, that, that shit's pretty, that's, that's pretty grody, dude. Um, like I, I thought he was a cool guy, but it turns out Michael Myers is not the ally he thought he was. <laughs> the um, funniest tweet I've ever seen in my life is the picture of Michael Myers with like the ghost sheet on with like the glasses. Like, <laughs> why did Michael do this? <laughs> he was in a silly goofy mood. Really <laughs> in a silly goofy mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the girl is just like horny in bed. She's like Bob. <laughs> Bob, fuck me, and he's just like <laughs> staring at her. Um. Yeah, it's what a so he like. It truly is because I'm like, why did he do that? <laughs> Literally. Uh, he's so funny. He's so silly. Um, I. <laughs> he really is so silly. He's such a silly guy. That's um, that's uh, that's what I was thinking in Halloween Kills. I promise this is my last thing about Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. But um, and when he like kills that old couple like in the first like 25 minutes. Yeah. I don't even remember this, but he stabs that one guy with like every knife he has in his drawer. Mm-hmm. Like, like he has like ten knives in his back just for no fucking reason. <laughs> and like, I'm, I remember like Victoria was like really like by that point she was like checked out. She said, "No, I am not doing this." And I was just like staring with my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this." Yeah, so I, I saw it pretty drunk when I saw it for the first time, so I don't really, I didn't remember it that well. But um. Yeah, what we're trying to say is Michael Myers is silly. Um, he's, he's hilarious. But what I was what I was going for with bringing Halloween Kills back up and my girlfriend being petrified by it, mm-hmm. um, I think this goes to the point of why to like kind of what Kira's saying about kids should watch horror at a young age and like of course like in spades, like not like don't show them like fucking I don't know. I I like don't show them the Saw franchise at the age of eight. Even like, though you did, definitely. even though I did, and I, <laughs> I, I think I turned out okay. But like, I, I, I'm a rare social experiment. Okay, like don't, I, I don't recommend going through what I went through. Okay, I think like, it's I, also the kind of thing though where it's like our generation, and I think I was just too anxious of a kid to do this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of our generation and generations before it or like millennials because I guess this wouldn't apply to like people who like didn't have this technology um but I feel like a lot of um people get into horror by just putting it on the tv by themselves exactly yeah no that's exactly what I was going to say because I think um that's a I think because like my girlfriend was very, um, she didn't grow up watching horror movies at all, yeah. you know, <clears throat> and I think if she just, you know, watched as much as I did, she wouldn't be as scared as she is. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I feel like I'm doing a lot of uh, catch up now and I feel left out because I didn't grow up watching horror. So now I feel like I'm like speed running the horror genre. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm very pleased with my upbringing, like watching, because I think I had a very ideal, like, 
I, like growing up with horror like i wasn't really allowed to watch it i've told this many times in the pod but like my first time watching halloween was the amc edited version of it mm-hmm. on like halloween 2005 when i was eight years old like literally sitting down on my living room floor eating halloween candy from the bucket and being terrified and that's my first memory of halloween you know mm-hmm. like i saw scream for the first time when i was like 12 like yeah I like I saw these movies when I wasn't really supposed to, but I loved horror so much that I like wanted to get away with it because I loved it so much. And I even though like it really did scare me, like I don't want to like stress that like I wasn't scared. Like I don't want to make it seem like that. I was scared of these movies, but there was something about them that like especially like the Child's Play series or the Saw series, like those were the two that really fucked me up as a kid. Mm -hmm. But there was also, well, I mean, Saw for the body horror and Chucky, just because, like, it's a, I don't know, like, when you're a kid, Chucky, Chucky's fucking scary if you're a kid, because you have toys, and the yeah. idea that a toy could kill you is, like, fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, also, by the like, way. Toy Story. Exactly. Like, establish that your toys are alive, actually. <laughs> Very quick shout out. Chucky on USA, the show. Uh, incredible. It's really fun. It's really cool. I'm sure you've seen it because you go to Regal, but like the Chucky parody of the Nicole Kidman ad. Have you seen that? There's like a parody of like him reciting like the Nicole Kidman AMC. Oh, like I saw it before Trick or Treat. I don't know how new it is, but yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah. Is it um, is it like actually Chucky? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. No, I. I didn't. I had no clue. No, I'm not really a regal guy anymore. I mean, I go every now and then. But oh yeah, you're a list. I am a list now. So, um, man, maybe I should go to. I wonder if it's just in front of horror movies or if I can. I don't know. Go um catch a sneaky peek. Uh, yeah. Or something else. But that's funny. I I'm gonna look it up on YouTube later see if anyone's uploaded it. Um. I should really watch yeah. like a Chucky movie. Have you never seen any? No. Um, they're all pretty fun. And the the funny thing is the older they, cause like they terrified me as a kid, mm-hmm. but the older that I get, um, especially now in my big age, uh, I, I'm fine with <laughs> you them. You just like, keep like stressing the fact that you're 25 years old. I'm so Just old. in case people like forgot to like wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> no, it's not even that. I just feel like fucking. Now that I'm 25 as of last week. No, I just mean like I'm, I'm, I'm past no, the point of being afraid of Chucky is what I'm trying to say. Like, I... Chucky scared me for a fair amount of my life. And uh, I've told the story on the pod before about when I went to see the Spongebob movie. Mm -hmm. And they played the scene of Chucky for Mm -hmm. two minutes. And, like, they had to fucking call the fire department to, like, calm the (laughs) kids down. Um, I... I... (laughs) Because if you know how that movie opens, it opens with a kid getting Chucky for christmas and mm-hmm. he kills the father uh and it, it's it's traumatic that's how the movie fucking opens and they didn't stop the movie until that scene was done wow uh and there are kids just petrified in the theater they were like wow this is definitely the spongebob this is the spongebob squarepants movie um but I mean, my that movie does kind of start with like a scene that doesn't look like spongebob so it would be easy to be confused by that but yeah we were all kind of like <laughs> huh yeah by the time we realized like the dad was dead like we didn't fucking know like it was it was a lot 
Um, but yeah, uh, Chucky, Child's Play is fun. I, I would say even like the new, the VOD movies, like the, the straight to DVD movies they did a few mm-hmm. years ago, those are actually like the best ones because he had the most freedom. Uh, I forgot the guy's name, the creator of Chucky, but. Because they got uh, like silly, right? Yeah, he got so always... silly. Um, yeah, yeah, if you ever, I actually think you'd really like them if you watch them. I probably uh, would. Because even the USA show, it's so campy. Like, because he, he, he has a full reign to just do whatever the fuck he wants. Because mm-hmm. um, he's, I think he's been open, the creator, he's been openly gay since the series was, like, created. Mm-hmm. But the series didn't really become gay until, like, the later movies. Uh-huh. And now these, the show is so gay. Like, it's such a, like, it's so openly gay at, like, every turn. And I love it. It's like, Chucky's an ally. Is Chucky gay? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Chucky's not gay, but he um, there's a pretty like he does because he says like there's a really funny um because the lead of the show um, I forgot the kid's name, but he's like an openly gay character and he has a boyfriend in the show, Mm -hmm. and I think the kid's like 14 or 15, which is kind of cool to see like a healthy gay relationship in a YA show, Mm -hmm. like not pandering. It just feels like natural, Mm -hmm. um. But there's like a pretty funny bit in like season one where he questions Chucky about like targeting the one gay kid in school. And he's like, he said, he's like, hey, I'm an open opportunist, okay? I'm not like trying to target you because you're gay. He said, you just happen to be my target, and then you are also gay. Like it, wow. it's funny. He, he Chucky's an ally, okay? Um, I recommend Chucky on USA for anyone listening. It's, it's a, even if you haven't seen the movies, it's it's very fun. It's just a good time. Um, good spooky watch. We're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hello, friends. Do you love movies? Do you just spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, and even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Superyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special treat to our listeners, we have a discount code. In all caps, enter SUPERZILLENNIAL at checkout for 10% off. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, guys. Um, have you ever met a kid that's, like, haunted? (laughs) Like, you and I both have worked with kids. Yeah. Um, Have you ever met a kid that's, like, this kid definitely, like, can speak to ghosts? Um, I mean, I've, I've dealt, I've had kids I've worked with where, 
I, I can okay, I can genuinely say this. Every kid that I've worked with, um, and like in my time working with kids, they've always come around to being pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, to at least to some extent, I've never like had a final like I've had like that initial vibe about a kid, where I'm like, oh yeah, this kid like is gonna kill me. Or, no, like, I don't. I don't mean like. I know. I know you mean like an I, exorcism. I mean like yeah, this kid can definitely communicate with like. Right. Those, you know. <laughs> um, not I don't know. Like, not in like a psychotic way, like in a like. I don't know. Yeah. Like um, Norman is friends with ghosts. Um, is there something you want to tell us, Kira? Or can you speak to ghosts? Uh, no, but I used to be a camp counselor, and there was a little girl that spoke with like a transatlantic accent. Like you know how like in like old movies, like it's like. Oh, hey, sport. Like, I can't do the action, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Buddy. She like, um, literally spoke like that, and she was like six years old. And yeah. I understand why she talked like that, because she told me one day that she likes to watch old movies with her grandpa. <laughs> but one time, because she would always be like, my grandparents that live in Vermont, and we stay in a cabin there. And she told me about how there was, like, a cat in the cabin and it wasn't real. And nobody believed her that there was a cat there. And she's like, but I see it all the time. And I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> Literally, like, I I believe that she is friends with ghosts. Like, she would talk about, like, having imaginary friends all the time and stuff. Like, she was, like, the coolest kid. Like, we were friends for, like, a few summers. Like, she was, like, in my little squad where we, like, drew with chalk because we didn't like playing sports. But, in your little squad? Yeah, I had, like, a yeah. little squad. Because you didn't like playing sports. Yeah. Yeah. I took I think... care of the kids that didn't want to play sports. Um, I think uh, you would definitely have Norman in your squad. Uh, yeah, I would support Norman. I'm a Norman ally. <laughs> Yeah, you're a Norman ally. Mm-hmm. And um, this kid grew up to be Norman Osborne. Barack Obama. No. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of Norman. I think he's a... I think he's one of my favorite, like, uh, I don't know, like, animated protagonists of, mm-hmm. like, the last several years. Um, there's something just like very endearing about him, and I, I one thing I really like about this movie is that it really does a good job of like putting you in his shoes and the angst of like what he's feeling, but without like making it like super emotionally drawn out. Like it feels like a very natural thing. Like like I don't know. Like I feel like any like lesser studio would have like had a field day just like making this like the most obvious thing ever. But there's something, like, almost, like, understated about the way it portrays, like, how lonely he feels. Like, there's a very quiet loneliness to how to how he's portrayed in this movie. Um, and, but also, like, the little moments of joy are, like, so delightful. Like, mm-hmm. where he, like, becomes friends with that, I forgot that kid's name. Neil. Uh, Neil. Yeah. And he's, you know, playing fetch with a dead dog. And, like, oh, yeah, that got me. That was really like a dog ghost. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I don't know. I (laughs) that's why Frank and Winnie kind of fucked me up a little bit. Oh my god. 
Yeah, I rewatched Frank and Weenie, like the like the short, not the feature, mm. um, semi recently, and it just like fucked me up. Um, I don't know the last it's time I saw it, honestly. I do not remember the last they time have I saw the, it. But... Um, they have the short on Disney Plus. I'm the short, like half hour, half hour one. You know. They have it okay. On Plus, you should definitely watch it. It fucking destroyed Didn't... me. Tim Burton did that one too, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like Shelley Duvall's in it, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's great. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I need to watch it. I um, because I really liked the animated movie a lot. I thought it was really like charming and um, I mean, again, this is another. This came out the same year as Frank and Weenie. I remember, so I remember there being like a little yeah. bit of like um, overlap. I remember it's even really a, like there will be blood, no country for old men situation. Very much so. Very <laughs> on point with that. Um, very White House down Olympus has fallen vibes we have going on here. Um, but but yeah, no, I remember. I mean, I knew the difference between between the two, but I won't lie. Like there was definitely a part of me that by the time because this came out before Frank and Weenie. And I remember by the time Frank and Weenie did come out, I was kind of like, well, Paranorman already did it. And I know they're like two completely different movies. It's like completely different, yeah. But like, but they're both like gothic horror movies for kids, yeah. animated horror movies for kids. So I was just like, as a 15 year old, I was like, yeah. But then when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, that was really good. Um, yeah. At least I remember I it being. Also yeah. like Tim Burton is a great entry point. He is, and I feel like he's he is responsible for he's he's responsible for a lot of uh, kids being into like horror as a kid, and also being like goth. Yeah, are you excited for uh, Wednesday? Um, I mean, I'm indifferent. It looks fun, you know. Yeah, I think it looks like a good time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the ad after seeing. I mean, I haven't seen the monsters yet. I oh. I've heard it's. Uh, I've I've heard Mick I've heard different things from different people. People are having fun with it, and I'm happy for them. I, I I think <laughs> I'm glad Rob. People are having fun. The thing with Rob Zombie is that I think he's a cool dude. I think he makes good music, and I'm glad he gets to make the movies he wants to make. Um, mm-hmm. but I do not like his movies, and but I, I am I am happy. He's like it's it's one of those weird things where I don't like his movies, yeah. but he seems like a good guy, so I'm happy for him anyway. I feel that way about Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith even I, more, even more so with Kevin Smith because yeah. I um, well I mean I don't know because I there are Kevin Smith movies that I like but yeah. mostly his earlier movies like because I saw the new Clerks movie um and I saw like the last Jay and Silent Bob movie uh-huh. and I didn't like either of them because they feel very um it's weird because they feel very sincere and they are they are very sincere movies like they're they it truly feels like they come from a uh, they come from the heart and they feel very like earnest and they feel very like him pouring his heart out on the page. Mm. And it's how this like dude who grew up in the nineties perceives like nerd culture today. Like I, like I get it and I respect it. It's cool. It's whatever, but Oh my God. It, like I, watching the new clerks movie. And I, I mean, no disrespect, Mr. Smith. I, I am glad you got to make your movie. I was just like, by the 30 minute mark, I was so exhausted by it. I was like, oh my god like stop like just stop talking like just stop because it, it just feels it's such boomer yeah uh, not be not even boomer i guess it's 
I mean, what? I guess is he a boomer? I don't even know what he would be. No, he's the one after boomer. Yeah. I, I forgot what those are. Yeah, but uh, that one. Yeah, uh, that one. Um, but um, yeah, I I'm very happy for him. Every time he makes a movie, I will never watch one of his movies ever again. But it makes me happy to see him happy. And he he makes can, pretty good horror movies, so if he keeps whatever. doing that... I don't, I don't really care what he does. Uh, I think him and his daughter are very wholesome, and he can go... Uh... You know what? The pictures are really funny of him crying, but I feel the same way when I see things that I love, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe he's valid. I saw um, the last... I mean, I liked uh, Tusk a lot. Uh, I thought that was a very fun movie. Um, it's very silly. If you don't know what it's about, don't. Just don't read into it. Just watch it. Just watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that one purely on shock value, but I think Justin Long's performance adds like a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a very fun movie. Um, his best movies are like the ones that are not like related to Clerks. I think like Red State is very fun. Um, I don't know. He he does a good job of making kind of pulpy horror movies so i don't know why he doesn't just do more of those um but hey whatever i'm glad he gets to do what he wants to do um i don't know i i I do but overall i guess what i'm trying to get back to your statement about horror movies for kids Mm -hmm. i want more of them i want there to be is midnight club considered for kids or is that more like ya or is it um i haven't watched it yet I have I, no. I think it's more YA. I haven't watched. I from what I've heard. Yeah. I because has a teenage cast, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't watched yet. Although we are Flana fans on the pod, yeah. so fake Flana uh, fans. Um, I mean, I'll watch it. I just haven't. Yeah, I'm finishing like, up Blind Matter right now. In this fucking heated, uh, broken AC house right now, I haven't really had the mood to watch. Yeah. anything really like so much shit dropped on the same day yeah on my fucking birthday like for no yeah. reason dairy I'm girls just, also i gotta get through dairy girls i've never seen an episode of that oh my um, god it's so funny it's literally one of my favorite shows ever yeah um, i razor came out that day the next yeah I'm, came out that day yeah i'm glad i got a screener for hellraiser because otherwise i would not have watched it yet yeah um yeah so much shit came out um i, I am gonna Amsterdam co- came out that day yeah, R.I.P. Amsterdam. Um, sure. uh, a box troll has been found out in Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, make more horror for kids, I guess is what we're trying to say. Because, I don't know, I feel like, I, I almost wish I Paranorman came out around the time of Monster House. Because mm-hmm. I kind of wish I grew up with this movie more than I did. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I saw it as a teenager, but I... I bet if it, I mean, I, I do love this movie still, but I bet I would, it would be like one of my favorite movies of all time if I saw it when I was like eight or nine or something. I feel that. Because it's really cool. And I feel like I can feel my like younger self, like really loving it. Yeah. I think it's also like showing a kid with interests. Maybe that sounds weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's very into, like, obviously he has this ability to talk to ghosts. Yeah. But also, it adds a deeper level. Like, you can tell by, like, his 
bedroom like the posters on his bedroom and like stuff like that and literally like his ringtone is the halloween theme which is really yes funny. so cute um, yeah it's like almost like you can tell that he's like deeply interested in horror as a genre mm-hmm. without them really like going super into it like he's he's interested in it on a like with it on a deeper level because he has this like empathy for ghosts does that make sense no yeah completely like Like, he's not just like a weirdo like kid who's like i love watching people get killed like you can like like he is deeply connected to horror as a genre because of this ability that he has yeah i guess like that's like implied well yeah that's what well that's the funny thing it's just like how um they're not even really scared of the zombies because they're zombies. They're scared of it because they're told to be scared of it. And it's the same thing where like on paper, I guess like they initially he's Norman is bullied for being weird and talking to ghosts. But really at the end, the reason why his parent or like his dad is so rough on him and like the deeper root of it is because he has like a genuine empathy. And that is so foreign to most of the town. Like, Because it spawns from a sense of understanding. That's something that these townspeople, like, they just don't understand. Look, no pun intended, but they don't get it. Like, yeah. the idea of trying to understand something that's not directly feasible in front of you is so, like, foreign to them and so, like, backwards to them. And the that... dad even says in the beginning, like, he says like oh like i'm as liberal as they come or something and then he says something about like like limp-wristed like artists to like whatever exactly yeah it's like well I th- yeah that's like the thing it's like and that's yeah. what i mentioned earlier like it's about how like you know not hate so much but like it's it's very generational intolerance. intolerance is very mm-hmm. generational it's 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 bred and in, it's it's so deeply bred in like community sometimes mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like intolerance they disguise it as something called common sense when it's like not it's literally not it just like holds younger generations back from critical thinking and like challenging what other generations have once held so deeply to themselves i don't know it's like it, I, I love that about this movie because I think it's it's really it was almost ahead of its time I think because mm-hmm. I mean it's something that's very universal like it's it's something that's true for no matter when you watch it but there's something about especially in this day and age like where it feels like I don't know like I feel like so many kids go through stuff like this I mean they always have but it's it just feels more relevant today and maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because I I'm, I was a stupid kid when I saw this movie. But it just feels even more relevant today. Yeah. And I I could see it like comforting a lot of like kids that discover it. Like I could yeah. see them being very like moved by it. I could see it being someone's favorite movie just on that like comfort alone. On top of it being an excellent movie. And like it's always a thing that like horror and sci-fi are like great vessels for yeah. like social commentary and stuff like that absolutely and i think this uses that oh 100 percent. that's that's another thing about it it's like it's so easy to 
aesthetically homage a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't want to say that it's, like, not, like, because it is cool when movies, like, strictly do it, like, visually. Mm-hmm. But there, there's an either, even better, like, level to it when you do an homage to a horror movie or, like, you, you pay tribute to a horror movie, but you go deeper into the understanding of, like, what you just said about how, like, horror is really rooted in, like, deeper themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a movie like this that's trying to pay homage to all these movies actually has deeper themes of its own, it has more on its mind, while also keeping those aesthetics and the the themes and the the spooks and all that stuff, like, it, that's what makes it, you know, so impressive is that it, it, it does all of it. You know, it, it does it all so well. Um, it is just very, very timely and very, I don't know, it, it just understands what horror is when it's at its best. And it doesn't, it's like we said earlier, it doesn't feel like it's trying to spoon feed its message to kids. Like it very flatly is, tells what it's about. Like it, it, it makes no, like it's, there's no subtext here really. It's it's all laid out on the table, and it doesn't care if the audience or, like, the parents in the audience think it's a little too much for their kids. It just completely tells its story. It doesn't hold back, and I love that about it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's brutal. Like, the story of the—I forgot the girl's name, the the little one, the witch girl. But, mm-hmm. um, but I like, her entire— Yeah, back- they literally talk about how she's, like, burned at the stake. Yeah, like, and it's all having the same abilities as Norman. Yeah, it's literally about that and like how the zombies are, you know, the people from the town and how deeply they regret it. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if you take away like that main, like the A plot of the movie, like the B plot, like earlier what we were talking about, like how um, all the ghosts that Norman sees, uh, they're all people that it said early on that like ghosts aren't. Like, not everyone that has died is a ghost. Most did go to the afterlife. But the people that remain on Earth are the ones that uh, have they unfinished, like unfinished business. business. Yeah. They had no closure uh, with their loved ones or uh, or something else. Like, it could be any form of closure. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof, rather. Um, and that's just, like, what a so depressing. concept to, like, introduce yeah. to kids. In the first, like, fucking 20 minutes, too. Yeah. Like. It, it's it blows my mind. This is such a good movie, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's so good. <laughs> like what I said, though, I'm like kids should be introduced to ghosts as friends. Like, well, that's I don't thing. know. Like, I feel like, like I I don't know how to talk about death to kids because like I haven't had to get to that point in my life yet. Right. But I think, yeah, like talking about ghosts as friends rather than something that's scary or threatening is a really sweet thing i don't know no i agree with you um yeah i i I completely agree with you because like you know that was my that's something i did for a living for a long time i was a um I, i worked at a facility that dealt with kids that were grieving and uh it you know that was it's it's it is a tough job and it's something it's like i don't want to like okay so like when i say like all this like i get that a lot of parents don't want they don't know how to have that conversation like i think it's very 
easier said than done to have that conversation with kids. And because there is no one conversation to have. Uh, death is a very tricky subject and it, it's kind of non-binary in the sense that there are so many different layers and aspects and perspectives to perceive it. Mm-hmm. And there's really no wrong answer. And especially when you introduce that to a child, you know, and how, you know, it, it, it's really crazy to see a kid and like talk to a kid who is going through those emotions. And that's why I think also, I guess I appreciate this movie so much is like having worked with kids that I, I worked with a lot of kids that had, how do I put it? They, it felt like they had a better understanding of death than their parents did. Mm-hmm. And not so much that they understood death better, but they accepted it better. Mm-hmm. Like they, and it wasn't that they didn't miss these relatives or loved ones or what have you. It wasn't, it didn't come from that. It was just came from a place that like they were more willing to like confront it head on. And that's something that's like so interesting about the arc between Norman and his father, whereas like it's really beautifully has a bow on it at the very last scene where the dad accepts Norman's, you know, gift and he wants to communicate to his mom through Norman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of realize in that moment that, well, yeah, like Norman's dad is very much in the wrong for most of the movie. And he did a lot of shitty things. Like he, he said a lot of very hurtful things to Norman and that stuff he can't take back. But a lot of it just spawns from his own insecurities and his own uh, grief that hasn't been fully internalized, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and by maybe trying to work through that with Norman and maybe find some closure with his mom through that, he can try to have a healthy relationship with Norman. And that's just kind of what the ending signifies to me. And that's why I think it's so beautiful. It's like, cause that's just such a true message. Like it, it really is like, it's, it really is. I know every horror movie is about generational trauma, but like it is like it i don't know it's fucking cool especially for a kids movie yeah. like that's fucking deep um like it, the end really just kind of tells you that it, it's a very messy family dynamic that they have but it has a very hopeful final minute where it kind of tells you that they're going to be all right because they're going to work through TV it with their grandma goes exactly um because you know one day she won't be there anymore because the she's not gonna have that unfinished business but i think that'll i think in that moment norman kind of accepts that and that's okay because i don't know it's just it's beautiful in that way it's about acceptance it's about i don't know it's about everything it's it's a beautiful movie this is the deepest we'll get in october Uh, i don't want to spoil our two other movies (laughs) but they're not i mean I, okay, I will say, I don't think we're going to get as deep with our other two movies as we got tonight, but that's just me. I could be wrong. I'll I'll get a crow or something if I'm wrong, if we talk about generational trauma next week. But yeah. um, <laughs> um, Paranorman, more like good movie. Yep. Yeah. No, it's actually like one of my favorite movies. I really love it. Yeah, so. I was watching it as I was like, taking everything out of my closet and like transitioning my wardrobe from summer to fall. So it was a great like vibe. <laughs> fall vibe. Well, 
that's lovely. Um, <laughs> As you're sweating to death right now. I I am sweating pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so uh, yeah. Where can I uh, find you? I don't know. Is that all? Of no, that's it. I mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> I th- I feel like we went pretty deep with it, so I don't yeah. know. Uh, I think we gave the listeners what they want, and if uh, if we didn't, you know, yeah. fuck you, you know. So go the therapy session. Yeah. Really, just um, therapy sessions lately. Yeah, I was gonna say this is in perks. It was perks full? No, Avatar is no, the last. Avatar, Avatar was the therapy session. Yeah, I mean praise Awa, you know. Um. Uh. Anyways, you can follow me. Uh, loving Paranorman, watching Paranorman. Uh, but also on Twitter, Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, I'm still waiting for you guys to add me on Be Real. Uh, Adam not Sandler. You can see me at an ale house once a week. Um, you can also see me at my local AMC. Um, watching Amsterdam purely out of not wanting to sweat in my house. At this Florida heat in October. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Uh, you can follow me at Garlic Emoji on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on SeltzerCast. Um, I did one of the last parts of the um, LaCroix bracket. Um, I actually had to drink one that Adam and Joe passed on to like the next <laughs> round, which was interesting. Um, definitely check that out. The final round is coming soon, I think. Um, and yeah, yeah. And then Sean was on last week's or the last episode of our pod for Avatar. Um, you can follow us at Zillennial Canon on Twitter, on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon, and give us some ratings and some reviews. Yeah, I mean we're gonna have a lot of uh, fun uh, in Spooktober. You know, a lot of good stuff coming up, and uh, even to the end of the year, we have a lot of good stuff lined up. So, yeah, looking forward to doing the rest of the you're with the pod mm-hmm. yeah well stay spooky guys happy halloween Ooh. <laughs> bye, guys. bye.